Today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, praise the Lord. I've been sharing, um, I've been really feeling the Holy Spirit put a word uh, for 2022 on my heart, and that is from Isaiah 22:22. And you can turn there if you'd like to have a look. And um, it says here in 2022, 22:22. That I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. And when he shuts, no one will open. And this key of David, as we've been uh, discussing, has is also mentioned again in the book of Revelation. And as I've been walking my way through the Psalms and just reading a Psalm in the morning, a Psalm in the evening, as I recognize that and 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 uh, going through the Psalms of David, recognize what this key of David is. And I've come to the conclusion, looking at David's life, he didn't live the most extraordinary, perfect life. He, was, he committed murderer. He committed adultery. He, I mean, he made a big mess, but the Lord loved him and honored him. Why, 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 why this key of David? And it's because I, I truly believe it's because David loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. And this is what the heart of the Father is longing for. And this is the key that will open the doors that no one can shut. Because faith works by love. We understand and know that we love because he first loved us. We've been experiencing and enjoying an outpouring of the revelation of the Father heart of God for the last 20 plus years. There's been a tremendous emphasis on the love of the Father, the Father heart of God. Uh, we've been praying into Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, that we would, uh, the Holy Ghost would be strengthen us on the inside so that we We'd be able to comprehend together with all the saints, Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend what is the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that we may be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or imagine. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen. And we've been experiencing this. But I believe the key of David uh, is when we start to recognize the value that God has for us returning his love. That the, the longing, the heart cry of God to be loved by his people. As we recognize that we have the privilege of coming before him to bless him, to love him back, to come into a place of maturity where it's not just about us receiving, but we recognize the joy of giving our love to him, of loving him intentionally and recognizing that the Father is blessed by our worship. He's blessed by our love. He longs for it. He yearns for it. Our wonderful God doesn't just sort of sit in the heavens and go, well, they should worship me. His heart is, is longing for his children and longing for their affection, longing for their love more than any parent has ever longed for or cared about a child. 
you know, it, you don't, you don't just, I don't, as a parent, think, well, yes, that's nice. My children say those nice things, so they should. My, my heart, when my kids actually express genuine expression of love to me, when they don't have to, ah, oh, my heart is so moved. And the heart of the Father, as we recognize his desire to be loved, as we recognize our privilege of loving him, we engage in this incredible river that starts to, to flow with increasing power. Give and it will be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. We love because he first loved us. And as we return that love, we experience that love pressed down, shaken together and running over. And then we, we are provoked again to fresh levels of love and worship. And again, it is poured down and the increase develops into this rushing, powerful, mighty river. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord is manifested in signs and wonders and miracles and holy boldness because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. Hallelujah. And it's leading to an identity shift for many, many people. Now, we love to talk about identity. We, you know, intimacy, identity and increase are core values in this house. But it's, you know, sometimes you can talk about identity theoretically, theologically, intellectually. We can see it in the scripture. Yes, I understand. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, I'm a new creation in Christ. But there's something different that happens when you are engaging with the key of David. Because as you are loving on him, recognizing the delight that he has in your voice, in your face, as you come before him, the revelation is given to us of the hope of his calling, of the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. As we behold him, we become like him. As we see him, we recognize that we are not, I'm not Catherine with all her, you know, um, fears and and, uh, inadequacies, but I'm actually this new creation. Not, Not theoretically, but you recognize it. The Holy Spirit supernaturally puts on the inside. I need to see, I can see differently. When I minister, it's not Catherine trying to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's different. It's you're in him and he's in you. And together you are you're moving as the lion of the tribe of Judah. You're moving with power and strength that uh, in, in our weakness, he is strong. But we can declare, I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong. And it's different to just knowing about it. There's a supernatural root and grounding in his love that causes us to recognize and begin to proclaim now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or imagine. So it's in, there's a new identity for a new season, and it's coming as we give ourselves to loving God, as we give ourselves to worshiping him, hallelujah, to focusing on him and not shifting the focus. You see, we move toward what we focus on. 
Emily did a beautiful painting for me recently of this boat and um, the, the storm behind it and the glory in front of it. And, and where it was pointing is where it was headed. It's a prophetic picture. And the Lord was speaking to, is so speaking strongly that this is our opportunity right now to give ourselves to worship, give ourselves to fixing our gaze on Him because as we do that, we will be accelerated toward what we are looking at. Hallelujah. I shared on Friday night that I, um, during the week, just after finished with the family and we were all heading off to bed, I felt the Holy Spirit invite me to, to come away and pray. And I got really excited. It's like I got an invitation from God. It was, it was exciting. So everyone went to bed and I went out into the lounge room. I'm on the floor and I'm, okay, what do I pray, God? I'm praying and I'm, I can feel his presence and I know he's invited me, but I don't exactly know what for, but this is cool, God. And I, I'm praying and I'm praying all the scriptural prayers I can think of because I love to pray the Bible. It's powerful when we pray the Word of God. I love to pray the apostolic prayers. I love to pray the Word of God. And I was praying, um, I was praying out of First Chronicles chapter 4. That's that prayer of Jabez. Many of you may know it. It's just, just a little prayer in the middle of First Chronicles. First Chronicles 4, chapter 9, uh, verse 9, 4, 9 says this, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. And I was praying this and, and, and pray, and, and the Lord said to me, you know, that, that was a, a, an historic prayer. It's recorded in the Word of God. Jabez prayed this prayer, and God gave him what he prayed for. But the Lord challenged me. He said, Catherine, it's time to pray some historic prayers. It's time to pray things that I'm putting in your heart and recognize that, you know, we read the Bible, we, we hear about the great men and women of God like Catherine Corman or Smith Wigglesworth, A.A. Allen or John G. Lake. We read about the incredible things they do. And, you know, I've often prayed, oh, God, do it like you did in Catherine Corman's meetings. And I felt the Lord begin to say, I don't want you to be an echo. I want to amplify what I'm doing. And the Holy Spirit is looking for us to start recognizing because sometimes we see these, like the prayer of Jabez here, and we, we think, wow, that's amazing. And we pray the prayer of Jabez, which is powerful, and I encourage you to do it. But we, we can sometimes get this idea that, wow, they were the great ones, and, you know, we're just the little ones, and we'll try and do what they did. And God is actually saying to us, I'm excited about what you're about to pray. I'm interested to hear what's going to come out of your heart. I'm looking for you to begin to pray. And, what, and it's going to be recorded in heaven. And Meredith prayed this, and God gave her what she asked. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? 
And and so I began. I, I recognized. Oh, this this key of David is. He opens a door that no one can shut. This is an invitation. Like, come up here, talk to me, ask me, ask me what you want. The scripture tells us this. It's a, it's quite extraordinary. Have a look in Luke chapter eighteen, verse forty-one. Remarkable scripture. Actually, we can start at verse 38. Well, no, let's go back to 35. It's good. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now, hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what this was. Can you see the picture? There's a blind man and there's all these crowds gathering. He's going, what's going on? What's going on? They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more. I love that. As soon as he recognized, there's hope. What? Jesus, this one, I've heard about this. He's the one that heals the sick, heals the blind. He opens blind eyes. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are going, hey, settle down, you know, settle down, be quiet. And he's, he, he wouldn't listen because he recognized, hey, I'm not going to miss my opportunity. And it, he says, and it says here, then Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he came near, he questioned him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. What do you want? What do you want? I mean, it was obvious he was blind. So you could assume, could have assumed he wanted to be healed, but He asked him, what do you want? Because Jesus was wanting to connect with this one and hear it from him. This is what I'm asking you for. Because something happens when you start to communicate personally with Jesus. When you start to communicate personally with him. And I believe the Lord is asking us, what do you want? What is it that you are desiring in your heart? The Lord wants you to begin to speak to him personally about it. Let's have a look at Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. Verse 24. Jesus says to them, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask for, whatever you ask for, all things which you pray for. This is an extraordinary invitation from the Lord. And I know many of us have asked and, and prayed and asked for things. But as I was on the floor this week during the, the night while, while everybody else was in bed, I had this fear of the Lord and this recognition that my asking isn't some 
pie in the sky one day down the track. I, it would be nice to see this happen. This was stuff that he was going to do. And he's wanting us to come into a place where we recognize that whatever we ask, he will do it. He's asking us to realize that his heart is longing to see the things he is dropping into your heart manifest, that his glory would be known all over the world. Hallelujah. I shared this story uh, about Joseph's 21st birthday recently. Where are you, Joseph? Hello, good-looking lad here. My, my, my favorite son, hallelujah. He's also my only son, hallelujah, but he would be my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Emily is my favorite middle daughter and Jessica is my favorite eldest daughter, hallelujah. But uh, we were having a birthday party for Joseph. Liam, you were there trying to help set up and everything. <laughs> hallelujah, that's my nephew. Um, also a very good-looking nephew, hallelujah. But as they were setting up, it was a really windy day and it, it was blowing a gale. It was, we weren't able to keep the tablecloths on the table or any of the things that they were setting up and, and it was really messing things up. And I was rebuking the wind and saying, come on, wind, go away in Jesus' name, and nothing was happening. And so about an hour before the party, I just thought, this is, this is not okay, it, we're not going to be able to do this if the wind doesn't stop. So I went inside to have a conversation with the Lord. And I just looked at him. I, I came before him and I looked at him and I said, Lord, Father, would you stop the wind for Joseph's party? We need the wind to stop. Would you, would you stop the wind? He said, yes. I said, thank you. We went outside and it was just still. And it was still for the whole night, wasn't it? Just amazing. And you might say, oh, well, that's a coincidence. No, it wasn't. The, uh, but the difference between me out there rebuking the wind and, and, and going inside and just actually stopping and looking at his face and talking to him, the difference was that I wasn't putting my faith in my prayer. I was putting my faith in the one that I was talking to. And in this place of the glory... God is releasing faith. He's releasing salve for us to recognize that we're not orphans trying to make a formula work on the, on the earth as we pray, but we're actually coming before the throne of grace and talking to the one that we love and who loves us more than we could possibly even comprehend and looking in his face and, and speaking to him personally. <gasps> then whatever we ask, we'll receive. And so in this place, I began to think, what do I want to ask? Because, I, you know, when you're young, you can pray bold prayers. Yes, God, you know, let thousands be saved and healed and delivered. You know, or you can pray, pray prayers, but it's different when you actually come before him and realize he is asking you, and like Esther, when she came before the throne, the king is going to grant what you ask. And there is a supernatural gift of faith being released as people come into this place of focus and 
recognize the key of David has opened up as your love for him and his love for you, nothing will be withheld from you as you talk with him and you ask. And there is a, a place that's going to be uncomfortable because for a long time, people have prayed as though we're in a dream, like, it would be great if you did this. Oh, it would be great if you did that. And we pray prayers, not actually truly recognizing that this is going to happen. And God is wanting us to recognize that he's calling you and I to pray historic prayers. Prayers that are going to, prayers that are going to change your city, that are going to change your family. Prayers that are going to be recorded in heaven. Hallelujah. Many times we find we think about things, we worry about things, but the Bible says we have not because we ask not. But sometimes in our asking, we're not actually looking at him. We're, we're asking, we're praying worry prayers. Oh God, please do something, please do something. And we're not actually looking at the one that we're talking to. Does anyone know what I'm, I'm, I mean? And I'm finding that as God is releasing more and more revelation of his glory, more and more revelation of his love, as, as we are coming into a place where we are learning how to love him well, how to honor him, how to bless him, how to live lives where throughout the day we stop and we just give him our love, the door is open, the scepter is extended, the word of the Lord has gone out. He says, boldly come before the throne of grace to find mercy and help in time of need. And he is looking for those who would begin to recognize that when we pray, it's not a hit and miss roulette. We'll send up a prayer and hope something happens. People write to me every single day, many, many times during the day. They, send, they say, please pray for this. Please pray for that. And I mean, it, it's hard. Sometimes all I have time to do is send a prayer emoji, like, like in their comment. But I can't do it without actually also praying a prayer. But I don't have time to write to type it out. But I began to realize because sometimes I would feel overwhelmed. Oh God! Oh please help that one. Oh God! Please help that one. And not realize that I could just simply look at his face and ask him to do something for them. Sometimes we get this idea that, that prayer is going to always be a long wrestle. In my world, there's just so much that I need to ask for, so many that I need to ask for. I'd, I, I couldn't possibly physically have enough time to devote hours and hours to every prayer request. I literally get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prayer requests every week come in. But as we learn to recognize that God will give grace for what he wants, and if we'll stand in his presence and just look at his face and just come into that place of supernatural peace, you know, Emily or Joseph or Jessica, when they come and they ask me for something, they know I'm a soft touch. They, they know, like they know. <laughs> oh, mum, oh, mum, would you mind if, and they know I'm going to say yes. They're beautiful. It's true, Joseph, yes. 
don't abuse this privilege. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, mom, now I'm thinking. <laughs> but, but when they've talked to me personally, they know. Uh, they, they come with a confidence knowing that they'll get what they're asking for. How much more? Can we come with confidence before our Father who loves us? It says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We've been teaching on faith. It's been so powerful. The school of faith was just awesome. And we've been teaching on receiving the love of God. We've been teaching about how to pray the prayer of faith, how to, to, to read the word of God and to to take it in and to memorize it and let the Holy Spirit bring it to our remembrance, to speak it. And as we bring these wonderful teachings together, as the Word and the Spirit come together, there is something that happens when we take what we know to do and we come and we look at the one from whom all blessing flows. When we look at the one who is the giver of life, and we talk to him face to face, there's a supernatural gift of faith that gets released in our heart because the love of God empowers a supernatural faith. This, you don't wipe this away and say, oh, yes, I know that, I know, I know. But recognize it as an invitation. I believe there is a door open for anyone who would dare to believe who would go and close the, the door and get in the secret place with God and just talk to him. Just talk to your daddy. Talk to the one who loves you. I'm the apple of his eye. Hallelujah. You can say, how can you say that? Well, the Bible says it. 